Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 14 of Casual Watch Talk. You're listening to Sam from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel and Chris from Everyday Mastery on Instagram. Good evening, Sam. Good evening, Chris. It's been a bit of a somber week, but how have you been? Uh, holding it down. You know, we've got, uh, we have now received a uh, stay home order from the governor. So um, very, very busy at work getting a work from home program set up in amazingly short time. Um, super tired from that uh, and recovering from that, but uh, everybody is uh, safe and healthy here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're going to dedicate a large portion of this episode to talking about the various things that have been going on in the world, in particular the coronavirus. But as usual, let's um, let's stick with some kind of format here. We'll go through our watches that we've been wearing, our watch obsessions, and we've got a couple of news stories, and then we'll dive into a main topic. So hopefully this is finding all of the all of you well. If you're in quarantine, at least hopefully you can have an hour of uh, casual watch talk to uh, entertain mm -hmm. you. So Yeah, try to distract you a little bit, exactly. Yeah. So Chris, um, what watch have you been wearing mostly this week? Um, so I started out, and we'll talk about this in the main topic, I think, but I started out with my, uh, I grabbed my Casio, um, that we talked about in the last couple episodes, my, uh, Tough Solar G-Shock. Uh, I just, I just opened the box and said, I gotta, I gotta put that on. Uh, but I switched over to, I'm wearing the, uh, Hamilton Khaki King tonight. I'm more comfortable with the way the world is right now, so I I switched over to the Hamilton, um, and uh, in the same vein of a uh, you know super reliable, um, easy to read field watch. Um, so that's what's on my wrist. How about you? I've been wearing the Ultimate Turtle uh, quite a bit. I know this is a, a got ongoing theme, but I love that watch. For some reason, I'm it's gonna great. have to bring it round to uh, your house again when when we're out of quarantine because it's. It's gone from, I mean, I think we regulated it to minus two seconds a day. And then it was regularly giving me kind of minus six seconds a day. Okay. But it's yeah. slipped a little bit to 10. So I think we could probably tune and it up been, a little bit. Yeah. And it's been consistent minus 10? Yes. Yeah. It's consistent minus 10. I'll send you the app that I use, you know, the, the timing app. It's not a time grapher, but it's the, if anyone's interested, I use the watch tracker on mm -hmm. on your apple on the apple yeah yeah and i use um, um i use watch check on android and i'll usually screenshot that and, and check that yeah and I've, I've been found another really cool app uh, and this will go to my uh, watch obsession this week because i have bought a watch this week but first of all have you had a watch obsession this week um i'm gonna say no i'm gonna pass on wash obsession nothing, nothing i bet you really... haven't had five minutes have you nope. to look at the yeah, internet yeah there was i was uh i was catching up on uh, a couple of a couple of youtube watch videos a couple of videos and then looking at my feed and then promptly i uh, fell asleep that's 
That's definitely been the story for the last couple of days for me. There's been such craziness going on that I have found it quite therapeutic looking at watches. But what I've been looking at, I've defaulted back to what I think is good value. I knew I wanted another watch to kind of replace the Speedmaster. Not to replace the Speedmaster because that's it, there's no replacement there's for no it. The Speedmaster is its own thing. <laughs> but I really wanted another kind of everyday watch and I defaulted back to where I think the best value is at, and I was looking mainly at Citizen watches and Hamilton watches, the, mm-hmm. the Hamilton Navy watch. Great value for money on eBay at the moment. You can pick one up yeah. with a metal bracelet for... Um, you can pick one up in the non-preferred colour, which I think is the black and orange bezel. $410 for an ETA movement. It, yeah. It must yeah. be one of the best value mechanical dive watches hamilton i'm surprised it's not as famous as the as khaki really but hamilton yeah. the value there yeah it's it's yeah it's good value for money um it kind of it kind of has the same style as if so if you're looking in the orient any of the orient divers it kind of has that uh toned down uh sort of you know what you would expect a diver diver dress watch to look like what I went for in the end was a citizen watch i decided i wanted a really high quality quartz watch in the collection and there's and i also wanted a titanium watch and they make citizen make it's a japanese only version and i think there's only two youtubers that have reviewed it but it's one Mm -hmm. of the pro master land versions the citizen pro master land and it's the pmd 56-2 2952 eco drive titanium watch it's a super simple field watch i paid 467 dollars for it which is quite expensive but you can actually only really get them from japan i see so you're paying a little premium for that Mm -hmm. yeah it's full titanium case using durable titanium coating that they put on the watches right, the scratch coating that they do mm-hmm. it just really speaks to me this design of kind of minimalist field watch design it's it's atomic timekeeping now every reviewer that's reviewed this watch and i think there's only about two or three noted that it does have atomic time but the atomic time only references the atomic time mast in japan oh i see so it's not it's not a, like yeah Japan's multiple islands, but I think it literally runs the length of that island. It doesn't broadcast along it. Um, and a couple of reviewers have really put them off about this watch. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I found a really cool app. I- I've just learned of this app today, and I found it in some forum thread. Okay. Okay. I'd never heard of this, but have you ever heard of an app that simulates the atomic clocks? uh that actually transmits the signal yeah i would be all over that i would be all over that it's it's the best two dollars i've ever spent on the app store i think in a long time what you do is you download it and it's called let me get the name for it in fact there's two of them this one's called clock wave uh, I believe it's available on Android, but I downloaded it on iOS. Yeah, let me check it out. Remember those old school Scion organizers that, and I think even the Apple Newtons would do it, where you could hold them to the phone oh. and it would broadcast the tone. Oh, I know how. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yes, I knew that. Sorry, I skipped ahead. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. I, uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, let's back up a little bit. Right. You're right. So, so it's the old radio transmitters that would just, yeah, that would say like, at the tone, the time will be beep, right? And there used to be a phone number you could call, and they actually stopped 
they shut down that phone system like i don't know four or five years ago and then uh you were talking about uh, sam you're talking about uh there's japanese uh transmitter uh there's also a european version as well so there's like yeah there's like six mm-hmm. of these atomic clocks yeah, isn't there yeah. And and so in uh, here in the United States and Eight, I think I think maybe yeah here in the United States and I think in Europe as well uh, it uses a shortwave radio. So so as a ham radio nerd, uh, I'll step in. Uh, and it's kind of amazing that like it's this it's this frequency that you know your watch will listen for like at two o'clock in the morning because all the radio frequency is is died down from us not working from us sleeping. So it's only in the middle of the night will your atomic watch your whether it's your G-Shock or this Citizen. Yeah, this if this app does what it says it is, it's pretty amazing because a a year, two years ago, uh NIST announced that they were eventually going to shut this whole system down, that they were no longer going to broadcast uh radio broadcast that would synchronize clocks well yes so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna uh, you might not be able to pick this up but i'm gonna hold it next to the microphone i don't know Mm -hmm. if you can hear this like it'll start ticking away i don't know if you can hear it i heard one yeah so what it's doing is it's if anybody can't hear this on the podcast it's ticking away and i thought this was total BS. Like, I was like, what, what, I, I don't understand how this would even work, but mm-hmm. it definitely works. I synced my G Shock with it. And apparently, this person on the forum set their, the atomic clock on their phone to the Japan one, and they managed to set this uh, watch using fooling the watch into thinking it was speaking to the Japanese mast, but it was actually speaking to the phone. So it, it worked. It worked on my G Shock. It takes about 10 minutes to do it. Yeah. But that's the G Shock, cool. yeah. The first, and it's the first time this G-Shock's ever synced off the atomic clock, but because for some reason I can't get the frequency, the, um, it, it doesn't properly get a signal here, but yeah, it got the three, oh, if you're familiar great. with, uh, yeah, if you're familiar with G-Shocks, it has like an L1, which is low, to L3, which is high, and it was L3. Um, oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, for, for one ninety nine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's. I'm looking at threads right now. They're they're trying to they're trying to talk. Uh, we'll we'll have to do. Maybe we'll do a, a deep dive on how that works. Uh, technically, like as it as like a technical uh, challenge here. Um, I had looked at because I knew that because I had heard this it was coming. Um, there's a couple of guys that programmed like little Arduino computers and like Raspberry Pis. But what, oh. would they, what they would do is they'd hook it up to an antenna. That is that is at the same frequency set to the same frequency as the transmission. Basically, make your own little transmitter. You'd put a real time clock on it and, and synchronize it with GPS or whatever, and then transmit it. And I was definitely interested in playing with that. And but I mean, if someone has figured out how to do it with a smartphone app, that's pretty amazing. Two, yeah. There's actually two apps on the App Store. Uh, yeah, maybe we should definitely do a, a an actual YouTube video on this. So that's been my watch obsession of, and I'm really, I'm really, it was expensive for a quartz watch when you look at it, but when I really read into the specs and Maverick Watch Reviews did a fantastic review of it, it just really, really spoke to me. The thing is, it has the, it has the radio controlled on the dial, and that would be my only like, well, if it's not really radio controlled, but you just solved that problem. So you're like, you're set. Going back, my most important question, which we skipped right over, did you get the black or the green? I went with the black version. Okay. Yeah, with the so this has got like a fixed bezel with the black on it. I wasn't sure. Sam's wearing a green t-shirt. 
I thought maybe, <laughs> maybe you went for it. <laughs> and, and I've been going through, I certainly have been going through a bit of a, a blue watch dial. And it was a toss up between that and the Hamilton. I think that Hamilton represents just a fantastic value. Yeah. The grey market dealers, there's a few secondhand ones, they're knocking them out at around $400. But yeah. um, I think I do want a quartz just to balance out the collection. Sort of go back and forth with quartz. But yeah, we, and I, you know, and I definitely like, this this week in particular but anytime that i'm active and have to just run out of the house like it's grab and go and so that those watches so for however nostalgic we are for a mechanical timepiece it's like someone's like we gotta go do this thing right now you just like you look at the watch box and you're like yep i'm just gonna grab quartz because it's just it's running i don't have to set it it's ready to go so we'll dive into a, a couple of as uh, news stories one that's very current and then we've got one that's a bit more upbeat but um we've talked about the coronavirus i think must be on the, at least the last five podcasts as it's yeah. been going through and we've been talking about it very much in terms of how it's affecting the watch industry and this week we learned that the I mean, these these actually amuse me a bit. It's sort of maybe my dark sense of humor here, but both Hublot and Rolex shut down, and part of me's thinking, who who would who would ever know that the Rolex factory had shut down? Stores were empty yesterday. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you think it was like the start of um, Willy Wonka's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, where the you know the factory's been shut down for years, hasn't it? And nobody's heard of. <laughs> of Willy Wonka and then it's like that's like the Rolex factory mm-hmm. isn't it it's yeah, like a, little bit. Yeah. A, a few Rolex collectors might get a golden ticket that they're blessed to buy a, a steel submariner one day uh-huh. how could people obviously it's making light of a very dark situation and I, it's just it was just something that that amused me and I think certainly because I've been quarantined at home not quarantined I, our, our work has been um office has been shut for the last 13 days it's big news Certainly, um, uh, certainly them and Hublot, right? Yeah, and Hublot, Hublot uh, shut down as well. Mm-hmm. I never can tell how well Hublot's doing. You get the sense that they can kind of go in and fashion, you know, in and out of fashion. I mean, Federico did a great um, video. I think I might have talked about it last week on the watch brands that are likely to really hurt yeah. on this. And he didn't mention Hublot. He mentioned he Panerai, which I know probably hurt him because he's a Panerai fan, but um, yeah. Yeah, Hublot just seems of a time. It seems of an early two thousands. Very, and as well as Panerai, it feels like that too. You know, their yeah, I, I, their their collection, especially maybe, uh, maybe not so much. I mean, Hublot has got some stuff that that they're doing, but but they are they're so far outside of you know they're they're deep into the you know, high-end horology, the high-end luxury stuff. And I mean, what's, what's, what's their starter piece? They're not like any other brand. I mean, like you could say, okay, so you could say IWC, we can talk about IWC. Well, I mean, you can, you can get a, you know, you can get a 2,800 and, you know, maybe $3,000 entry level IWC, yep. you know, entry, en- entry level for high, you know, for that, for that brand. Right. Um, and you you can then go all the way to you know a, uh, they've got perpetual calendar etc um, for you know tens of thousands of dollars etc and they've got you know crazy crazy pieces it's, you know the, what their range is um, much like a lot of the brands that we talk about you know Omega any of the Swatch brands 
um, ha have that range. Whereas, yeah, I think you're right. I think Kublo's sort of just up there, just in that they've got themselves sort of cornered up in that top end market of just, of just a yeah. couple of pieces. I don't think they have a field watch. You know, I don't think they offer a field watch or they don't offer something basic, you know, so. No, I can just think of that kind of all PVD black Big Bang that might start right. at maybe it's a six or $7,000 watch. But, um, uh, and then, okay, well, just a little bit of a, a more lighthearted one. And this was something that I only noticed today. And that is that Hamilton have re-released that Pulsar watch, the LED watch. Oh, They've nice. massively yeah. improved it. They're using OLED technology now. It's got 100 meters water resistance. This is that super famous Pulsar, the, the one where you press the button and it lit up. It was in Live and Let Die. What do you think of this? I mean, they've they've taken Pulsar off. It's now a Hamilton. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. That was the first thing I noticed where they when they changed the logo. So Pulsar was uh, uh, basically a, well, a brand. I mean, I guess it was their spin. I mean, it was a brand that Hamilton made in, and during the quartz crisis, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And... Uh, so they've now they put the Hamilton brand on it, but it looks it's done in the same fashion. It looks really good. It looks really good. And you said it was they did OLED. Yes. So so the, it should like so it should last a real so the should, battery in the thing should last a really long time. Yeah, and they've put sapphire crystal on it. They've basically gone. They've taken. It's almost. I don't know if it's millimeter to millimeter the exact size of the case but it looks identical to the predecessor except they've just they've just really updated it and what they've done as well and, and you made reference to this is they've it the price seems high but when you think about it it's reasonable um they've got a gold pvd coated one that's just under a thousand dollars 995 and then there's which is a limited edition okay and then the steel version is going to be non-limited edition and that's 745 Right. If Omega re-released the the Speedmaster Digital, I mean that's going to be like what sixty thousand dollars or something ridiculous. <laughs> so they've done spin um, the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel exactly seventy five hundred seventy five thousand dollars. So <laughs> and um, so I think they've I think that's quite good. I mean seven four five for yeah. When you when you said it, they're like seven hundred in that range. I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know, and that I think that's I think that's all we're asking for. You know, that's that's what we're we're asking for as far as yeah, does it make sense? I mean, value for money. Okay. Seven hundred yeah. bucks. Yep. You know, and it's and it's you get that nostalgia, you get the new technology. It does uh it does look one to one, yeah. What do you feel about these watches that I mean, we've gone this is this is past vintage inspired. This is replica um of a previous model. Reissue is I think reissue, the term. yeah. Yeah, the reissue. Which I, I I think is great. I mean, hangups I have with a bunch of brands where I really like what they did in the eighties with the particular piece or with the you know the sixties or seventies. But the older it gets, like how can you how can you really wear it every day? How can you really love it? How can you have it on your wrist and enjoy it and be active and and not fear for it? the older it gets. So, I mean, I keep referencing the, the Omega 300. I would love if for them to do a true, you know, white loom reissue of it because I, because I want that. I want to, I just want a brand new one. So I'm totally fine with a, with a brand new one. 
And I think it's one of the reasons why uh, I'm drawn to Bell and Ross because they have these designs, these older style designs that look like this is something, you know, like if Bell and Ross was around in the 1960s, this is what, this is what their GMT pilot's watch would look like, but they were you know, but they're a new brand and so you can just buy a brand new and you kind of get, you kind of get the best of both because you have a, you have a brand new watch, you know, it's waterproof, it's sealed, and then it evokes that time. So perfect, you know, perfect for Hamilton. This is great. So before we dive into our main story, let's just quickly stop for a little break here. Okay, guys, welcome back. I think for our main, normally we have a specific topic that we talk about, something to do with watch-related, but I think with everything that's gone on the last week or so, certainly the the coronavirus, the co the COVID-19 mm-hmm. being marked as a global pandemic. We're, it seems like day to day, it spreads across more parts of the world. I know we're certainly on, on lockdown here. I thought we would talk about that. Also, how it makes us feel about watch collecting, which sounds pretty trivial, to be honest. I mean, there's people really hurting out there. Mm-hmm. But as this is a watch uh, podcast. I mean, I think it's I think it's genuine for us to... I mean, I I was fifty fifty on this, and I think it's genuine for us. We've been talking about it. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it now. We're gonna talk about how it makes us feel, and we we know that there are folks out there that are in the same. You know, we're confused. We're 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 going to the grocery store. We're seeing lines. We're not we're not sure what's happening. So uh, you know, we're all we're all in this together. We can talk about it. We can take a take a minute and and compare stories, swap stories a little bit. Yeah, I've been finding I, I work. I've been working from home, which hasn't been too bad actually. Um, I work for a company that predominantly office based. Now I was remote, although I did go into the office once or twice a week. They're in uh, based in San Diego, and I'm uh, up in Orange County, so maybe an hour and a half drive. So I'd go in twice a week. So I've been really proud of the way that my company's turned that around, uh, and so it's been and. It definitely has been a stressful time, and I, I, I've got two minds about this. One mind is that it's definitely made me rethink my kind of watch collecting goals and mm-hmm. what I want to do with the collection that I do have. But also, I have found some solace in certainly researching that Citizen Watch has been a, a, a taken my mind off it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, to just uh, escape, to escape away, and just. I um yeah I was in and I and I feel for any anyone listening who's who's uh you know paid hourly I've got you know we I work with a bunch of people and I we've got a bunch of hourly employees and it, right now that everything is in flux it's been in flux for a few days and it's I definitely feel for for anyone out there in in sort of a situation where they where they can't work from home they have to they have to come in you know, warehouse folks, service industry folks. I mean, you know, the folks I, I stopped and, uh, you know, I was, I was in the drive through at Starbucks and, you know, please, uh, please tip heavily. Think of it like Christmas time. Just, just tip those folks because, um, you know, they're the ones, they're the ones keeping everybody going. And I'll tell you that, you know, that, that nice big Starbucks coffee, I needed it for, uh, the day that I, informed we have uh about 15 and 20 folks in our office and uh informed them that we're going to try to do a work from home 
Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I know uh, when I've sold that um, Omega Speedmaster, some people might call this karma, but I put that in my share builder, thinking that I was doing a an honourable, not an honourable thing, but kind of pre- like a grown-up thing, and like, right. I'm going to invest this, and then this. promptly yeah. the, the stock market um, uh, kind of folded. But to put it all in perspective, you know, both me and my wife are still working, and we could sustain... To your point, I mean, we could sustain, yeah, you know, yeah. many months out of work if we absolutely had to. But for those workers, absolutely, where they are hourly based and they're living paycheck to paycheck, which is it's an astonishing amount of, a, mm-hmm. of the they certainly the US three out of five, three out of five are, are yeah. hourly, hourly built are, are hourly employees in the United States. And it's amazing. It's it's everyone that we you know when you, you, you not even just when you're going out to eat, but it's almost the majority of people that you interact during the day that keeps the American economy going. And the yeah, so so I had uh, I had to set up uh, you know I set up this work from home program. We set it up uh, yesterday, and um, uh, the two takeaways for me, I was so happy when I came in. You mentioned the we were talking about the pulsar earlier. Uh, a watch inspired by 2001 a space odyssey and i i came into work and there was no one in the office so i was the only one there and i just wanted you know i came in for tech support and to help everybody to make sure they were connected and i kind of looked out on all the computers remotely connected people were driving around mouses moving things like that and I and I had that I had a moment where I kind of felt like uh you know one of the one of the astronauts on the spaceship uh, yeah. You know, where everyone's in stasis and, and we're going to Jupiter and I'm just kind of taking care of the ship, just walking around, just making sure everything's OK, because complete ghost town um, at my whole office park. And um, and back to watches when I on like Tuesday, Monday, Monday and Tuesday. Um, when I when I woke up and I looked down at my watch box and sort of had that realization that like. We're gonna have that a lot of stuff was gonna change in the next three days, and that we had this crisis on our hands. I looked down at the watchbox. I was like, none of this matters. I'm the same. I know it seems it seems very very trivial us talking about watches and watch collecting and stuff like that at a time like this. But this is a watch uh, a watch podcast. So uh, advanced apologies if hopefully nobody takes offense to us. Um, for people who are subscribed to the watch channel, you'll know that I haven't uploaded for a couple of weeks. I've I sit at my desk ready to film something and it's just one of those things where you, you've got so much going on in your mind. I'm struggling mm. to think of, uh, I've got plenty of uploads to do, so please stick with the channel. And and what I think I'm going to do this weekend is I'm going to sit down and, and record quite a few in succession because I'm realizing that uh, at times like this, uh, doing watch content is you know trivial in terms of what we have got on. But Certainly, some you know we. I think we all need a bit of escapism. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can't constantly be watching the news, so I'm definitely right. going to be doing some right. some more watch content right. um, this this weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's made me think about uh, what what in terms of watches represents value because I think if this pandemic, I think it's looking almost inevitable now that it yeah. might lead into a recession. I wonder what these watch companies 
what will happen to them, especially, I know we keep talking about Amiga, people are sick of talking about Amiga, but <laughs> those those ones yeah. that are, because 2008 saw the top and the bottom, didn't it? Like companies that were seen as very good value did mm-hmm. well and companies that were at the real top end. So we saw this with, you know, supermarket chains and, uh, you know, fashion brands and stuff like that in that 2008 after that end up that those middle of the road ones that were kind of in the middle, they mm-hmm. were the ones that suffered the most, really. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people people wanted to buy quality and they also wanted value. Right. So if you're sort of in the middle straddling the two of them, like, you know, obviously, um, y- yeah. y- you know, you could name quite a few brands that are in that one. Uh, I mean, I know Federico certainly mentioned like Longines and... Mm-hmm. And, and Longines, is a, that's a, they're, a, you know, I see them as... They're pretty big. I mean, to 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 go away. That's I mean, yeah. I don't think that's they a bold statement. Yeah, I don't <clears> think they would go away. Certainly because they've got well. Or the you, that's right. That's right. It was to be hurt. I mean, yeah. They're yeah. They'll be hurt. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think unfortunately, I think we're 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 gonna have a lot of a lot of reduction, a lot of reduction in 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 staff and options and builds and so this will all this will all spin spin way down. And I mean, uh, it, it was heading, I mean, I can't say that it wasn't heading in that direction. I mean, we, we've sort of reported on it a couple of times, not that, not that we're news or live or reporting, but, uh, we had mentioned it that, um, Swatch was way off. Um, and, and they, they had seen a reduction. I mean, this is two years ago. They, they were talking about, you know, does Basel world matter? You know, this is two two years ago. They were like, you know, why are we why are we why are we spending our time doing this? Why are we you know why are we coming out with all these all well, this new stuff? What do you think happens to those? Um, they're still saying the Tokyo Olympics will go ahead. Yeah, but I mean, people are thinking, how how can it? I mean, Tokyo is saying, look, we're too far down the line. I mean, this we we could we if we were going to pull the cord on this thing, it, it we would have had to have done it six months ago. I mean, the the, the wheels are in motion yeah the machinery yeah yeah but the rest of the world's looking at them like you know dude what's going on (laughs) do you think those watches both swatch have got the tokyo um actual swatch and of course you've got the omega limited editions do you think those watches go up in value because they say 2020 on them and maybe tokyo is tokyo 2021 yeah 2021 i don't know yeah possibly possibly and that'll be that's an interesting uh yeah, because they said they could, they could. I think there was talk that they could maybe delay it, but yeah, you're you're totally right. Like that, like uh, L.A. is set for twenty eight. Is that right? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I was like, yeah, I was like, where am I going to be there? Or twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty eight, not twenty thirty. Twenty twenty eight. What's freaky about those Olympics? though, is they come around faster than you think. Don't they, they do, but also like you think, like oh, that's you know that's eight years away, you know, or when it, when they announced it like two years ago, like oh, it's ten years away, whatever, you know. But you're like. Yeah, but if we have to build a stadium for uh, a particular bicycle race, like we have to start building that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And and what do you think about maybe it's clever marketing, maybe it's a game that Rolex has been playing. Constri- have have they foreseen this? So therefore, they've been lowering production in prep. <laughs> yeah. Not not. I, I don't. Sorry, I don't mean a pandemic. Of course, they don't. No, they don't. They no. have, they couldn't have ever foreseen that. But certainly, a downturn in the economy in general was overdue. Yes. Uh, do think you think so. they've seen this? Yeah, I think they're smart because you know we've been around the sun a couple of times. So it's it was clear to me, um, maybe three years ago, that we were 
that we're kind of headed for something. Now, this is obviously a massive trigger for it, just like the housing market was and the and the loans for the, you know, the, the package loans for houses back in 2008. Um, but of any company that if they if they said, no, we we have a we have a backup plan for this we have a plan for this i would totally believe rolex would have a plan for this just based yeah. on how much they know about how much they know about the market how they how they <laughs> how smart they are about it i would i would believe them if they said we knew uh if yeah, swatch you, came out and said they knew i'd be like yeah but did you <laughs> yeah it's funny and and going back to swatch and rolex and it's it's for a long time been known that the majority of these luxury watches get sold to Chinese buyers. So with the disruption in the Chinese economy now, does that really affect I think from the standpoint of will the will brands go away? Yes. Brands are going to go away. Companies are going to go away. Brands are going to go away. Uh is that good for consumers? Nope. Um, cause your options go away and the pricing is, you know, however, however controlled or however much, you know, with any market, you know, whether it's oil or Swiss watches, there's someone controlling the number of movements that get made and the Swiss know how to do that. And so they're, they, they are deciding that. And so as far as, what consumer choice goes down um i don't i don't know if it'll turn more than that i don't know if it'll turn more than that i think yeah it's certainly i, I was thinking um so definitely if there is an economic downturn would i would i sell more of my watches for example like would i sell my tudor and, and so my tudor black bay 58 is still worth nearly what i paid for it just because of the scarcity so i shouldn't really poke in the eye of rolex because that actually has benefited me um but then i'm thinking well actually that is a store of value um, right, yeah. like should i sell it so that the cash is on hand it, it, basically it, it's like a two-part i go back and forth like should i sell it because it's valuable um, or should I keep hold of it because also it, it is our store of value in the future? But then what worried me about the whole process of selling my Speedmaster was it took a number of weeks to sell and I priced it competitively mm -hmm. and I thought I would sell it a lot faster. So it's, yeah, it's a store of value, but also you have to at some point liquidate that value. And right. And we're not, yeah. What does that, what does that market look like? And so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. keep, keep it around. And also, um, you know, I think maybe you more than I do, I, 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 you know, especially with the, you know, with your, the sale of the Speedmaster that we've been talking about, um, I think you, I think you see the value more maybe, or, or that's more important to you. I'm not going to discount it. I'm saying yes. The value of it is more important to you than than it is for me. I I definitely put some importance into it, but I'm as I said to you earlier when we were discussing about what we were going to talk about for the show. I said, "But Sam, that that tutor is you. You yeah. know, like that that sort of that defines, you know, like 
that watch keys me into you as a person, your personality, why you chose that. The same reason, you know, we love the hobby because we look at what people wear and we say, huh, you know, why did, why did you pick that? Why did that, why were you drawn to that? Why is that special to you? Um, and yeah, for me, I think it's a more emotional, um, where I'm, you know, I'm not going to get rid of it because, or I'm not going to sell it or I'm not, you know, it, it's, it's more of that. Not that I won't, not that I won't flip a watch every now and then, but <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's, uh, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before that a few years ago, when, certainly when I moved to America, I, I flipped like the way that I thought about a lot of things. I was, I turned more kind of minimalist and, and I stopped invest, I stopped putting emotion into things that like watches and things like that, that I used to in the past do it. And mm. I don't know how I kind of flip, flip that switch. So I know a couple of people commented about the Speedmaster. Well, oh, you'll probably regret that. And honestly, I, except for when we're talking about it on these podcasts, I don't give that Speedmaster a second thought. Yeah. It was part of my yeah. life. I enjoyed it. I've got photographs and stuff like that. So, but then having said that, you know, age is a good teller of that type of thing. You know, I might be 60 and then crying over <laughs> it, you know. Right. It, right. It, Stay it, tuned it, for Sam's yes. reversal on that. Yeah. In, uh, t- <laughs> in uh, what would that be? That would be 20. I'd be 60 in 2040. Okay. No, no, that's not right, is it? Nope. No, I'd be 60 in, yeah, 2020. If, yeah, 2040, I'd be 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, stay tuned for episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. What what what, a, what would that be? Once so we episode twenty one twenty one three seven. Yeah, yeah. Two, no, no, two thousand. Right? We were doing we're doing three hundred. Oh, we're doing each week. Oh, uh, so yeah, so, yeah we're doing three hundred. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> three thousand, no, actually, ten thousand days or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. So guys, um, it's been a very a bit of a sober podcast. Uh, thanks for sticking in there with us, uh, Chris. Did you have anything you wanted to? Yeah, I just yeah, I wanted to say um, you know. It's on everybody's mind, so we wanted to, Sam and I wanted to have a, a conversation about it and just kind of talk about, you know, what, where we were at. And we want to make sure, and, and please, uh, you know, uh, we want to make sure everyone is, is safe and healthy and stays that way um, and, and follows the guidelines of, of everyone out there that's, that's telling you, you know, stay home stay safe and wash those hands and all the social distancing stuff that you're hearing. We're, we're, we're following that. We're living through that. Just like, just like you guys are. Um, so we just wanted to express that and, and then try to have a sort of a state of how we feel and, and a conversation about that. So, yeah. And it wouldn't it be a funny conversation if in a, in a couple of months, people are, so I'm saying, oh, I like your watch. Uh, how much is that worth? And you're like, well, it's a Rolex. It's probably worth, you know, $13,000. And they're like, no. How much is it worth in rolls of toilet paper? <laughs> right, right. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> where that becomes the, that comes the commodity of the, the, of the yeah. future. Yeah, there was a couple of good ones where it was like, uh, it was like six rolls of toilet paper and they were trading it for a house. It was, <laughs> it was, it was good. It's just ridiculous that yeah. I'm glad that we've, uh, we've got some on hand. Um, yeah anyway guys i was gonna say we're we're doing good we uh we checked our stocks we're we haven't we have plenty of stock at this point so (laughs) oh that's excellent yeah and and guys please join us over on the um the facebook group 
Uh, as I mentioned, Chris, who's our uh, resident military expert, um, he's been doing some fantastic posts, a lot of great photos. I mean, he's got the best wrist shots that you have ever seen. Yeah, in the pretty co- epic stuff that he does, yeah. Oh, it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Did you have you read his one about the the Waltham clock yet? If not, you should uh, you should check that out. I did not, but I will now fall into that. That's great. Yeah, and he's he's got a real a real good eye for watches that are value. He's mm-hmm. certainly got a Speedmaster and stuff, but he buys right in that value sec- segment. Yeah, that's great. And his reasons for buying certain watches. And because he's got that eye of, of being a, a naval aviator, really interesting. Uh, so you should definitely, definitely check out his post. Um, if you want to check uh, me out, I'm on Instagram, uh, Casual Watch Reviewer. There's the YouTube channel. Chris is uh, Chris at Everyday Mastery. Um, so, guys, let us know how you're getting on on the Facebook group. As always, we appreciate you watching. Chris, thanks for uh, joining me uh, today after you've had a busy day. Yep, stay safe. As always, guys, appreciate listening, and we'll both see you next time or hear you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.